as you try to do something great in your life and as you go on the path of accomplishing that very thing that you're meant to do in this lifetime of yours you're gonna face pushback you're gonna get encouragement you're gonna get um, good feedback you're gonna get criticism sometimes it's gonna come from your friends and sometimes it's gonna come from um, your enemies now the caveat is <laughs> is that not all pushback is bad and not all encouragement is good right Sometimes those people that are your enemies, the things that they're saying are actually good for you. And sometimes those people that are your friends and your allies, the encouragement that they're giving you is actually really bad for you. Now, here's the thing. The person who's going to succeed and grab life by the balls and make something of themselves, that's the type of person who's going to be able to separate, as I always say, signal from the noise so that is today's topic Sean and I are gonna give you a truth bomb around understanding when feedback when criticism is right for you and when you should just let it come in from one ear or let it go out from the other this is today's truth bomb and uh, I look forward to sharing it with you today some online content for a little bit and um you know, it's funny because you start off and, you know, whenever you create content, it's, it's kind of like, uh, it's just crickets, you know, sometimes when you right. start off and then it's like, man, is anyone like reading my stuff? Is there anyone yeah. listening to my stuff? And, uh, I actually started uh, blogging when I was really young. I think it was like 15, 16, just got my hands on like good, good, nice computer. And I was like, man, I want to blog. And I remember no one read anything. And, but I, I made a commitment that I'm going to keep writing. And then I wrote for like, ev I wrote every single day. And then it, man, it happened. Like it was blog number like 823. I remember and it was oh, over two and a half years. And I got my maximum amount of people that actually read my blog was 10 people. And mm -hmm. I'm sure four or five of them uh, were my family. Right. And then um, on blog 823, man, something happened and it got shared. And then that um, did really, really well. So you never know. Um, so I always encourage people to create a digital footprint and to do podcasting and blogging because you never know when it will pick up. So don't right. don't quit in the beginning. So. What was What was the topic of that blog? Um, I started writing about selling my first business. Uh, so okay. I was my first business and then I sold a very small business and I was like, Hey guys, um, I spent like two years building a business and selling it. And here's what I learned. And I published that and it got picked up, um, by a couple of publications and yeah, it was just like kind of random. Like you never know what episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's always cool when you start something new, you start something fresh. It's almost like you got to build content from scratch and you know, is anyone listening? Um, the same thing here with truth bomb. We started off. And now um, we're, we're going to hit hundreds of listeners per episode and we're uh, going to hit our double digit reviews too very soon. So that's really cool. Um, so I want to thank everyone for uh, for joining in and for being part of the conversation. Man. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I know a lot of people are, are just like afraid to get started. You know, what I mean, they're they're afraid of the, of the beginning stages where nobody's going to listen, but you just got to push through. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah I, I um, started a couple of podcasts I want to do with my buddy that um, we just started like on the fly, man. I was actually grabbing a, was grabbing a beer with him. I had some random spot and he was like, man, we got to record this conversation. It's so good. And I was like, yeah, man, if you want to, he's like, all right, give me one second. And he took his car. He left. He went to Best Buy, got a mic and a GoPro. He's like, dude, we're doing it right now. So <laughs> we started recording. We're just shooting the shit. And uh, yeah, that one, that podcast really had some episodes. I really picked up, which is really cool. Um, you know, one of the things people ask always like, man, why do you create so much content? Is it a, isn't it a good waste of your time for as a CEO, like building content? Shouldn't you let other people do it? And I, my concept always is, is like, even if no one watches it, 
I'm a really big believer in creating a legacy. So I, um, you know, I work close to my family, but I never got to meet a lot of people in my family. I never got to meet my great grandfather and like my, 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 you know, ancestors. I never got to meet them. So I have no idea what they were thinking about. So even if no one ever watches this, but like my kids and their kids get to know like what the things were that I was talking about, you were talking about, um, it's just something that you can leave behind. So I always right. take, I always think about that. So that's just a, a little legacy leaving behind, even if no one listens to it, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's a good way to look at it too. And, you know, a lot of times entrepreneurs and business owners will keep their family out of like their business part of their life. So I think that'd be, that's a, a really, you know, good thing to keep in mind that, that people can see the other side of you that they don't normally see, especially yeah. down the road. Yeah. I always think uh, if someone in my family or my kids later listen to what I'm saying, uh, would, would this help them during times like where they're, where they're stuck and they're like, man, what, what, what was Pretty and Sean, what were they talking about? Like, maybe I could use some stuff down the line. So that's how I always go uh, thinking about it. Less about, man, like we need to crush these numbers and being super tense about like writing right. because that comes with time. So it's just a little message for people thinking about creating their own content. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Anyways, man, I know you you had something that you wanted to bring up today, man. I think I thought, and you know, as we were talking kind of off air, it kind of flowed naturally. Like, man, I, I really want to talk about this. Um, and I, thought it would make a great topic for today's episode, man. So uh, take it away. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we were talking a little bit earlier, um, I have a, a close friend of mine who's, who's venturing out and starting his own business. And he does, he's a very good and talented um, carpenter and he makes custom furniture tables. I actually have some shelves in my office here that he just made. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, when I, when I first started uh, and, and customer feedback that I would get and possibly some negative comments or maybe some people didn't, didn't like certain products or whatever. Um, and I, I thought about how he's about to start and not everybody is going to like his work, even though it, it's really nice. It's very custom. Um, and I love it, but it, he's not going to be able to please everybody. And, you know, when you look at, you know, the, the biggest companies in the world, Apple, for example, not everybody has an Apple phone, you know, people still talk shit on Apple. So it's like, you're not going to be um, able to make every, every single person happy. So, you know, when you're first starting out and I wish that I knew this back then when I started was not to take everything to heart um, and use it as more of like a constructive criticism. And that way you can learn and pivot from it um, instead of, you know, kind of, thinking about it, letting it wear you down and hold you back from, from moving forward. So that was just something that I, that I thought about when I, you know, I was thinking about his business cause I'm helping him set up his Shopify um, and things like that. So just something that I had in my mind. Yeah. And it's, it's a great topic because I always like to find the parallels between business and, you know, everyday life, like success and, you know, customer feedback is really important. It is like because customer feedback, if you get feedback from the market, that's going to tell you where you should go. Right. Like we all know that, that at the end of the day, your customer has to spend money and that's how you grow your business. If the customer is not happy, then you don't have a business. So customer feedback is really important. But I guess the question that we have to ask ourselves, who are the power users of my business? Like who are the users that are actually going to, um, you know, change or move the needle of my business? And there are some customers who are just not. And so what you need to discern, and this is one of the episodes we did earlier, is being able to separate the signal from the noise. So you have to figure out which customers are actually going to help me bring my business to the next level. Like who are my power users? And listening to their feedback, for me, that's 10 times more important. And then you have customers who just hate what you're doing. And a lot of times they're not even customers, they like never buy from you and they have yeah. an opinion. And for me, it's like, if you've never bought from me and if you're not, you're not the customer I'm trying to target, you're not the customer that's actually gonna move the needle, 
and other customers like you are not going to help me in my business, then for me, that that um, feedback, while it could hold some weight, it's just not as important as the feedback I have from my power user. So if I have someone who's like all in on assets and using our products every month and buying on a subscription and they're in the tribe and they have the wristband, they're participating in the NutriFit challenge, they're all in. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, Brady, I don't like the direction the company's going. I'm going to drop whatever I'm doing. And I'll be like, dude, talk to me. What's going on? How can I help? I'll take that seriously. But if I have someone that I'm creating an ad and I mean, I see your ads uh, oftentimes on Facebook and there's like people yeah. sitting on ads and I was like, dude, do you, oh, yeah. do you do anything that, I was funny, I see your Blackstone Labs or whatever and people are just totally shit on it. And I'm oh, like, yeah. do you For sure. supplements? Like, do you, are you even going to buy from Sean? And to me, taking that seriously, that that I wouldn't put any weight on that. No. No, and those ads are kind of funny too because, um, you know, like you said, most of those people commenting on there, like they're, they're not going to use the product anyway. And, you know, it's, the, their opinion just holds no weight. And most likely they don't know either. Like comments just help my ads anyway. You know what I mean? The more yeah. social. Yeah. Sorry. Leave them up there. My a couple of my buddies will see the, see the ads. I'm like, dude, why do you leave those comments up there? Why don't you delete them? Like it looks bad. I'm like, cause it, it helps the, the ads, you know, they work better that way. So whatever, um, you know, it, those people aren't going to buy anyway. So yeah, it's a very good point. You know, you need to focus on whose opinion really matters. Um, it holds much more weight that way. Um, but the main reason why I thought about, you know, my friend's business is that it's his personal work. So like as a retailer, these lines and brands that I carry, they're not mine. So like, I, it's not as personal for me, you know what I mean? But he's handcrafting this furniture and these tables. So um, I could definitely see somebody in that sort of business, it, it being much more it, it having a bigger effect on, you know, their mood or their opinion about themselves. So yeah. I think that's something to keep in mind, too. Yeah, and it, it really like um, it, it's it's tough, man, because we all take things personal. And I've heard this a lot, you know, growing up, we all know business isn't personal. Like, it's not personal. I right. disagree. Business is always personal. For me, business is 100% personal, right? So like yeah. if something happens to your business, it is personal. So where I think that comment makes sense is to kind of figure out who, like, wh- where does it really matter? Where do you put your attention on? And I will, when, I, when I think about feedback or criticism, I feel like criticism has to be earned. And so I, I will only take criticism from people that I actually respect or who have invested in me. That's how I always think about it. And that I can be totally wrong. That's my opinion. So well, when I point. criticize someone, I'm like, I also know that I have the right to criticize someone because I've earned that. Like my parents who are raising me and putting everything, you know, helping put food on the table and like doing all this stuff for me, they have the right to criticize if I'm making a mistake. I feel like I'll listen to that. But someone from a random person who's never invested in my business, who's, who has no right to criticize me, I just don't put merit on that. So I feel like uh, listening to criticism, but also giving criticism is something that has to be earned. So I never criticize. If I'm not invested in someone's business, I, I don't criticize them because it's, right. it's not really my place. Um, and so I think and people go wrong in this because they take everything personal. Like if your friend is like, listen to people left and right, like, oh man, and then what's going to happen? He's going to change his model left and then it's going to be model A, model B, model C. And you got to stick to your guns and you have to learn to listen to people that are actually going to matter. And not all business owners can do that. They, they struggle with that. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that was, he's actually going to stop on my house later today. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of talk to him about this, but in general, you know, like you're saying, it, it really depends on the person as far as like their opinion. Like if they, they have no credibility in business or, or anything that's relatable to your business, like why listen to them at all? And, and sometimes that can definitely be hard. So this is like something that I struggled with early on 
um, when I started my retail store. So I would ask people close to me for like their opinion or their advice, even though they really, they really don't understand business. Number one, they definitely don't understand supplements. So it's like, you really need to, to ask people their opinion or feedback that, that have some credibility. And, and that's tough because most of the times when you start out, you really don't know too many people. So you're asking your friends, family, maybe parents, and, and they might not be the best people to ask because they just don't know. 100%. Yeah. So when it comes to business, I ask two people. I ask people who've done it before and have mentor, like mentorship or people who are going to invest in a business or see I've seen a business through, or I ask my power users. Yeah. And it's very simple. It's like, I want to build a business for and sell sub, hardcore supplements to like a bodybuilding crowd. And if you know someone who is a, as a user who uses supplements from a certain company, that that's the kind of user you want to have. And they say, dude, this product shit. You sh might want to listen to that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But if I'm not a, trying yeah. to appeal to, you know, like moms in, you know, some, some other place that's shopping at Target, that's like, if she's like, hey, like this thing's nasty, like I don't like this powder, I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. And then I will, it will just not matter because that is not the person I'm catering to. And that's really important. I think a lot of brands go wrong with this. I feel like in their willingness to please everyone, they stop pleasing the people that actually invested them in the first place. And I see that and this, this is where a lot of businesses go very wrong. I feel like they're very invested in new customers, but not their current customers. So I was talking to Xfinity. I'm, I'm, re, I'm just finishing up a development project and I'm putting cable everywhere. And they, Xfinity and Comcast, they have all these like rebates. And I was like, all right, I, I want these rebates. And you're like, well, no, you're, you're an you're an existing customer. I was like, okay, so like, I don't get, so I was like, so your current customers don't matter. Like, well, that's just the program. So right. everybody does like a new yeah. customer will treat you. We love you. We'll give you hugs. You get all the rebates in the world. But if you're a current customer, ah, no, you, you get put in a bucket where you just don't matter anymore. And I feel that's where businesses go wrong. You need to never, ever forget about your base. Uh, and we see this politically too. Let's look at both parties that do that political parties. Um, the Republican Party did that back many, many years ago. They forgot about their base. And then it's what the base was like, guys, like, what's going on? And they elected Donald Trump. And it's very important to learn those lessons that you should not never, ever abandon the your power users that got you there. Just listen to them and, and please them more and more. Because when you please them, then other people like them will come your way. And that's how your business will grow. We call this in Facebook, lookalike audiences. That was the one algorithm within Facebook that actually propelled Facebook's market share where you could build lookalike audiences from your current right. users. Yep. And for people who don't know what that is, in Facebook, you can create audiences that you can target your ads to that are similar to the people who buy from your store. That specific part of Facebook's business, um, the, the, the developers behind it became superstars because that is what makes Facebook's business run. And you need to remember that always. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are my best performing audiences for ads. I mean, they're, yeah. they're gold mine basically. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. And, um, and that's, that's kind of what I adapted to, to my business this year with like the VIP text list, like having a core group of customers that, that in a, in a way are more important um, that can continuously order for me. But you know, I've always talked about like treating customers the same, no matter if they spend $5 or 500. Yeah. So you know, it, it's kind of tough to balance both because you do want to give an emphasis on, on the people that are loyal to you and spend more. But at the same time, you don't want to um, neglect anybody that's maybe lower spending. So it, it's a tough balance. And especially when you're starting out, I think it, it's something that you need to figure out a plan or a strategy on how you're going to handle that. 
um, because I think it is really important to to have two groups of people. You know, your loyal customers that you were mentioning, and then you know maybe your your once a month buyer or, or something like that. But you got to figure out some sort of balance. Yeah, but I, you know, and, and I think this is where um, tough decisions get made in the business, right? Like, do you focus now on the person that only spent three dollars that kind of hates your price, a very tough user, or do you just continue pleasing the people at top? Very difficult decision, and I. Um, I know my opinion on that is just keep keep spending on your power user and find help. Use that power user to find other power users because you should always try to please everyone, even the person who spends three dollars. And I agree with that. But some customers are not going to be worth your time, and that that is just a fact. And so you have to make strategic decisions. And I, oftentimes, what I've also done is um, when certain um, customers are struggling to adapt to the products that we've had, I've given them. I've, feedback and referrals for other companies where they would find a home. And that is sometimes the best thing I can do for them as opposed to being like, Hey man, I can do this. I can give you free balls. I can do one of this one 80% off. Um, I've actually, I do this very liberally where I'll tell them, Hey man, you should try this product because this product might do the things that you're looking for. And I'll give them like a, a link. <laughs> so I've actually bought products from other customers before from other brands. I know it sounds crazy because I'm like, well, this is my best way of helping you. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's how I feel about, about that. I feel like always investing in your power users, um, it's extremely important. Yeah, and even with you doing that, even if you're sending you know a customer, a potential customer away from your business, you're still bringing them value and they're going to remember that. Exactly. You know, They might not purchase, but they might tell somebody else like, yo, this dude still helped me out, you know what I mean? And, and send people your way. So I think that can be a very powerful tool. Um, you know, regardless if you're just starting out or you're well developed in your business. Yeah, no, that is uh, that is super crucial. And and you know, I think one thing to add to this too is that people who can be crucial for you in one part of your life to give you advice that might not transfer in other parts, right? So if I'm listening to my professor about what to do, like I don't know, in business, or then that doesn't mean that the professor is also good, you know, to help me with my relationships. It right. isn't, and I think people go wrong with that. They're like. This person is my advisor and mentor, and I'm like, for what? Like for everything? I was like, there's no way. It can be. It can be. Like I'm personally not capable of giving advice on everything in life. Like I'm not a guru on like you know marriage and love. I just don't know that kind of stuff. I can talk right. about business, so I can't be advisor for everything. So we throw the word life coach around a lot, but I just feel like I don't. I don't think anyone's really a life coach because can someone really advise you on like health, fitness, wealth, stock? I mean, every single thing, probably not. And I think that's where people go wrong because they have friends that have helped them in one part of their life. And like, oh, dude, can you critique my business? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And I, I don't think that needs to be the case. So find different people that can help you in different parts of your life. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, what I guess what would you say to somebody that's starting, you know, it, in this case, you know, my friend, what would you say to him? Like, how should he position his business to where? you know, he's not going to be able to please everybody, but he wants to get these first core customers that you mentioned, your power users. How, or I guess, what advice would you give to somebody that's just starting out to get those power users um, and be able to please like, you know, a small group of people and then scale that up? Yeah, I would say take a strong stand for something and like be like those power users when they see. So first figure out who you want to target. Right. right. And so for yeah. if I'm creating a product for people who have a side hustle and that's that's my audience, I want to create supplements. I want to create a nootropic, like a health supplement or brain supplement for people who have side hustles. That's it. 
So then my product really needs to be for them and I need to take a strong stand. And a lot of brands don't do that. They're very like wishy-washy. I'm like, I don't know what you stand for. And when you're in the beginning, you're trying to adopt power users, you need to be very strong in your branding. I'll give you an example with, as of when we started, if you look at our first videos we did in the past, it was super intense. I would swear a lot, um, would be super hardcore stuff. And it was like crazy. It would be like, I would get metrical. What is going on here? Um, and so I would call and I, it's not, I wasn't doing it on purpose. This is how I am. Like I'm certainly not PC. And those were the viewer put those videos over and over in quotes about like a bunch of shit. And I remember all of our power users, all of them came during that time. And over time we've, we pivoted now because we have a lot of females and they were like, Oh, there's nothing for us. So we have a more female centric, like, right. um, but those core users, they came when we talk, took a strong, strong stand. So if you are in the fashion space or furniture space, there is a certain type of furniture I look because I, I know I, I do developing and that type of look, it, that person that sees it is like, dude, yes, I want that in my house and be super eccentric, like be super tailored to them. And I would even, I, I would forget everyone else. I think today the profits uh, lie on the edges, like around the fringes, not here. So like, this is a customers in the world and the people on the fringes, they're not served here. They're not served in the middle and they want something else. Not everyone wants to drink Diet Coke. But there's only one black soda that kind of tastes like anything. It's cooked. Like there's people on the fringes and they're looking for new things and you need to go hard in the fringe. So I would have it take an extremely strong stand. And with your furniture design, I would be super like when you see it, it needs to be like super eccentric. And someone's like, oh, dude, yeah, that, I want that shit in my house. I don't care what it is. You know, we've all seen clothing or furniture or homes that have been interiorly designed like something that take a huge stand. That's what I would do. I wouldn't even worry about the, the mainstream. Yeah. And, and that's honestly, that's how his, you know, he does a lot of dining room tables. That's how they mm -hmm. are. They're, they're extremely, extremely um, high quality. They're, they're, it's like, I can't, he's been working on this side hustle for a long time. And like, honestly, when I saw some of his finished products, like I didn't even believe that it was his. I'm like, dude, you did that by yourself. Like it's, it's yeah. that cool. Awesome. So um, yeah, I, I think that that's great advice, you know, and I, I'm sure he'll listen to this. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you could give some insight on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us are afraid to, and I don't blame them. Even today we're having our last episode, we're talking about politics and being ostracized. Mm -hmm. We're afraid of taking stands, but we know, we also know that we should be. So you see a lot of mainstream brands like Nike, et cetera, taking a strong stand on one or the other. I don't necessarily personally agree with like taking strong political stands, um, but they know that taking a stand is important. They need to stand for something. And I do agree with that. Now you can choose what that thing is. Is it po politics? Is it religion? For me, those things I would not personally Take a strong stand on those as just as a, as a brand, but there's other things you can stand for. Um, and I think that's where real brands are built. At the end of the day, like when you look at a t-shirt or like a hat or like a shoe, inherently has no value. Like what is a Nike shoe is not a good shoe, right. but when you wear that stuff, it's like, it makes, it's like me versus you. It gives you unity. It gives you an identity and you feel good. And that means you stand for something. And I think that's, it's very important. If you want to build a brand and you stand for something, cause I think it's very, it's easier to go from fringes to more to the mainstream. It's very hard. Once you're like a totally mainstream brand to be like, Oh, actually we're going to go more to the fringes. It becomes right. harder to do that. So I would always look for people on the edges and, and try to please them because that's, that's where I would go. So I, I think that we should take a stand. Um, I think today people are desperate for that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, pretty much what, you know, I, I wanted to cover today and just let people know that like, there's going to be a time where, you know, you get some sort of feedback from, from customers that, that doesn't really fit the way you wanted it to be. So, you know, not to take it personally, you know, 
acknowledge that it's there, um, but don't, you know, don't dwell on it and keep moving forward, pivot off of that. So that's, you know, really what, what I wanted to, uh, go over today. Yeah. And as you know, um, a great, uh, entrepreneur that all of us knows, uh, has once said, if you want to please everybody, you got to sell ice cream. Um, and that's because that is the easiest way. Cause if you really want to yeah. do that, you don't do anything else in your life, just sell some right. ice cream. Um, but the, these are fundamental truths. And I think the, the real thing is you're never, ever going to please everyone. Um, you have to take a stand and there's two things in life that are going to help you propel to become better and succeed. And one of them that's studied and uh, Jordan Peterson speaks about this quite a bit. Um, if you don't know who he is, you should look him up. Um, anyone's listening. And he talks about in order to succeed in the workplace, you need to be able to be willing uh, to have conflict. You need to be confrontational. You need to be willing to be that it's okay to have conflict. And I think today we want to avoid conflict a lot. And because we want to avoid conflict, we're like, dude, I don't want, I don't want to, I, I got to please everyone. So if someone says, someone's hit the, uh, in the customer service, like, dude, your product sucks. I fucking hate you. Go away. Like, go back. Uh, and it's like, okay. So like now if I'm like, dude, I don't want any conflict, but like, you're trying to please that person. Right. And it's, it's okay. It's like, all right, thanks, man. I appreciate your call. And then hang up and just don't go on with your day. But we don't learn that skill set anymore because in today's day and age, the mentality is avoid conflict at all. Sure. And that's, you should be okay with welcoming conflict because in life, if you want to succeed, there is going to be conflict. You know that there's going to be conflict, man. And so you're, yeah. <laughs> you know that, right? So I think that's, a, that's a, um, just one big thing I think that, that, that people um, need to understand. And the second thing, and I've talked about some one of our truck calls that, you know, sometimes um, in order to succeed, you're going to have to be inconvenient for people. Like you are going to be an inconvenience. And I think sometimes having tough conversations with people that you don't agree with or giving you advice on your business has to be, hey, man, like, thanks so much for that. But like, I, I think I'm good for now. And I have said that many times because I just don't need that opinion. Like it doesn't mean anything to me. So I've had those conversations and it's very inconvenient for me to say that. It's not fun because I value that person's opinion in other parts of my life. Right. Now they're like, well, I helped you, you know, get through algebra. I was like, okay, but that doesn't mean that I'm not take your advice about like what kind of business I should run. And they don't get that. They feel like now they have the door open to give me advice on everything. So I'm gonna have inconvenient conversation with people telling them I'm not cool with that. So have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Those are tough too. It's just because, especially if it's a family member or a close friend, I mean, you have a different kind of relationship with them. So you almost like don't, at least I've been there. You don't want to hurt their feelings or, or create some sort of like conflict in your personal relationship. So the, yeah. those can definitely be, um, I guess, difficult to deal with, but it's something like you said that you have to go through. I mean, you have to deal with if you want to succeed. Yeah. And I would, uh, as a parting lesson too, for everyone, what do you do now with this advice? I, I always have, I have different groups of people that I go to when I want to make a rapid decision. So like sometimes like first, like for example, I, I like to be involved in politics, but like I don't always have time to know every local issue. I don't. Mm -hmm. um, so what I do is I have a group of people, like about seven people and I just call them like, Hey man, what do you think about this issue? Like what do you think about this proposition? I ask seven people usually two days before. And then I'm like, I listen to all of them. And then I go and vote. Because I, and instead of me spending a whole year reading to the news and going this, I don't put myself through it. I ask them and I have advisors for every single big issue like that. And I, they're just could be people from any walk of life that I'm like, dude, when it comes to financial or like finance stuff, politics, those are two things I always ask people about. And I have just a group of people that I go to. And then you have business related stuff and I have real estate stuff. And then I'm in the supplement space of a couple people that I like to talk to. And I just I think about what I what they say, and then I make my own decision. Sometimes it's the exact opposite of what they say. Yeah. But it saves me a lot of time too, because I don't want to go through 
read the news every day and listen to like God knows what's going on with the media. Instead of me putting myself through that, I can just call seven people right before the election, a week or so before, and that helps me make my decision. Because for me, that's all that matters. Right. So real quick, when like when you started any of your businesses, what what did you do? Because obviously you don't have all the connections when you're first starting out. No. So like what what did you do to get advice like in a business aspect on different areas of business that you didn't really understand or you didn't know? Like you said, you you know, now you call different people to find out certain information about issues like locally. Um, what did you do like when you first started your business? Like how did you did you just reach out to certain people or did you have certain connects that you could reach out to for information or what did you do? Every time you start a business, there's always going to be one person that you're going to have in your network that you're going to meet through that business. And you're going to meet that person the first six month, months when you start a business, usually the first three months. It's going to be someone that knows something about the space. So like if I started in the supplement space and I might know, I don't know, I might know Justin because I might have, like I might know him from somewhere or I might know a friend or I might know a store owner. I will know someone and I usually let that person through talking to them. I'll meet other I'll let them make intros to other people. And that's usually how it goes. I never, I, I don't like to have anyone as my, I, I'm really big on referrals. I'm a huge on referrals. So yeah. my yeah. business all on referrals and I only work with people that refer me to other people. I just don't like that. And the reason why I do that is because let's take, for example, man, if I need some help and you're like, man, talk to my buddy over there. He's a great, or I need help for my, one of my real estate projects. Like do talk to my buddy. He makes furniture. All right. Okay. So now I talked to your buddy. Now me, your buddy and I are, are in, uh, in business. Now your right. buddy is not doing a good job. So right. who's going to be in trouble? You. So yeah. now you're going to call your buddy and put pressure on him. So now right. I have someone else who's always a fail safe. So, right. so um, I'm really good on referrals. So what I do is you're, in everyone, in any business you start, e-com, real estate, whatever you do, you're going to meet one or two people. You're going to meet your broker, an architect, someone, and then be like, hey, man, let's get some drinks sometimes or just talk, shoot the shit, DM them. And they're going to meet, introduce you to other people. And I make my web like that. I actually, I used to have a diary back in the day. I'm like, that person knows this. And I pick up on that stuff. It's like, man, this person really knows their stuff on Facebook marketing. And now when there's something going on, an algorithm change, I call them. I'm like, Hey man, did you hear this new algorithm change? What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on when LLAs came out? Like, what, what does that mean for the space? And I, I just call them. So I always make a mental note. Um, I think people don't do that. They have buddies that they just want to drink with, but what if you have buddies that are good at different parts that could help your life? It's actually not very difficult. So start with one. there. Yeah. Great advice, man. I, and I was I was asked like your opinion. Obviously, I, you've been in business longer than me, and I, I feel like a good amount of people that are going to be listening are are either starting out or they're freshly into a new venture yeah. or something along that line. So it's always good to to have that advice, you know, before you know, correct your mistakes before you make them. Basically, save time. So yeah, that's why we do it. That's why Sean and I do this because um, you can use our experience. And like I've always said, you know, smart people learn from their own mistakes, but wise people learn from the mistakes of others. So don't, if we're telling you don't do something, just don't do it. <laughs> why, why, why do that? I don't, I'm not a big believer in learning from, I think you should learn from failure, but I don't want to fail. Like I really right. kind of glorify it right now, but if you can avoid it, um, you should do that, man. So this was a really good episode, man. And uh, yeah. we'll be back for, for more. Hopefully there's some good takeaways from people thinking about not getting caught up with all the noise and thinking about what's the real signal that matters to me. And hopefully we're able to enlighten people on that. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I think it's, uh, a good lesson to take home like i said you know before people make mistakes you know fix them so i, th I think it's a, a good episode awesome sean so uh, we will be back for more episodes very soon cool all right man i'll talk soon all right man.